The houses in the East Colfax neighborhood of Denver are mostly pretty traditional. Neutral colors, one-car garage, small lawns in front. You know, the classic. And then there's Steve Hartbauer's house. He was not in to the whole cookie-cutter home design thing. You know, it just lacks a little bit of soul. I like to be able to do my own thing and, you know, not tell have people tell me, beige, you have to paint your, your house beige, you know. Steve's an artist who moved into the neighborhood about 12 years ago and very soon got to work making his home different. Steve's house looks like a giant mosaic of all sorts of colors. There are two gates that look like they came straight out of Harry Potter. There are little figurines of all types of dogs. There's a Virgin Mary. It can all make you forget for a second that you are in a very normal suburban neighborhood. And it seems like that is the whole point. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And today, we're headed to Denver, Colorado, to hear the story of the enchanted heart house, the home, turned into a canvas. After this. I took a road trip. How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. My name is Steve Hartbauer, and uh, I am an artist. I work mainly in mosaic, but I weld metal, and I work with found objects When Steve and his wife Amy got married, they had been talking about working on some kind of massive project together. So that was still in the back of their minds when they bought their home in the East Colfax neighborhood of Denver. She kind of had the idea of what she wanted to do at the inside. I kind of knew what I wanted to do at the outside. But uh, one of the the surprise elements that came in, though, is I didn't. I don't think that she knew that I was going to start the day that I started. She came up from work and it was like, oh, (laughs) oh, I guess you're already going on this. It was like, yeah. Amy decided to call the new home slash gigantic project the Enchanted Heart House. And Steve describes her, well, it describes her as a fairy living in an insane world. 
Enchantment, he says, is just a part of her vocabulary. And Hart comes from that first part of their last name, Hartbauer. Amy tackled the inside design, while Steve let his imagination run wild on the outside. That first day that Steve began applying tiles onto his home, he knew he was going to paint them blue to make a kind of a, a beach feel out of the whole thing. I created like some visual waves to kind of represent that theme. Um, I spent some time in Venice, California, and I absolutely loved it there. You know, it's like city on a beach, and that's kind of what I wanted with that front panels. Like, it, we're in the city, but I wanted it to kind of feel like you're, you know, hanging out at a beach. And those light wood floors on his front porch make the whole thing feel a little bit like a sandy beachfront. Each side of the Enchanted Heart House follows a different color scheme and concept. I love color. I love um, a lot of reds, a lot of blues, a lot of, you know, earth tones and browns. And that's perfect because I could do each side of the house, um, you know, one way that would um, represent those elements. So the front, um, it's mainly colors and patterns that I kind of felt felt water-like. So um, I started there, and then I moved to the um, garage, and I covered that in reds for fire. Um, the north side of the house is air, so it has a lot of blues and clouds, um, some whites, some yellows. And then on the uh, beyond the south side, um, trees and uh, green leaves and, and things like that for Earth. Most of the materials in the Enchanted Heart House came from Steve's local goodwill. But over time, the house's design has included everything from ceramic plates to homemade tiles to grout to salvaged metal, metal wires, random glass artifacts, glass bottles, really anything he could get his hands on. So you can imagine a guy laying out all of these materials on his lawn and then gluing them to the outside of his house. And you can imagine that that guy might get some strange looks from his neighbors. And my neighbors at first, you know, they think I'm completely out of my mind. But, you know, a year or so later when it's like I start incorporating some of the other stuff, then they're a little more appreciative. But in the beginning, I thought I was just kind of out of my mind. Steve says his current neighbors... Mostly just leave him to his work. They, they leave me alone. You know, it's like they're the perfect kind of neighbors because we just they come out and we just wave and hey, and, you know, we don't really get in each other's business. They kind of live their realities and I kind of live in mine. And in Steve's reality, everyone's home doesn't need to look the same. In fact, it would be better to him if most people's homes were a reflection of their inner inspirations and what drives them creatively. The inside of the house is equally a work of art. Amy's created a meditation room slash library with a bookshelf that doubles as a secret door. In the living room, she screwed a real willow tree into the wall and ceiling, replacing the leaves with little glass pieces that you typically see hanging from a lamp or a chandelier. Steve and Amy have been working on their home for the past 10 years, but Steve still thinks that they have another 10 years to go. The plan for the next decade is sustainability. We're going to try to put panels on the on the top and try to be a little bit more energy efficient and you know some of those kind of things. But like the rest of the house, Steve does not want standard solar panels. He would like to do something a little bit special. 
yeah, I'll have to change the look maybe a little bit, have to have them work, work right. But, uh, you know, I can maybe spray paint them or do something else. And he's also had to learn how to make what he's already built last. We get some pretty extreme winners. So um, I had to make this thing, you know, I had to build it to last. So, and I'm still learning. There's things that fall apart and I go, ah, well, that's life. So, Steve does not publish his address online. He does not want a big line of looky-loos. But the house is, of course, pretty well-known locally, especially since a new bike lane was created on the street. But it's still kind of inconspicuous, you know? It's not out there, you know, completely yet. So a lot of people be walking by or riding their bikes, and and it's this, you know, kind of double-take thing where it's like, what? You know, and and that's pretty awesome. And what Steve loves most of all is the reaction from kids. If I'm like working in the yard, they'll start waving. I'll say, hey, hey, I love your house. And they'll, you know, I mean, that that's kind of touching to see, to see that you've had some kind of impact, even as small as it is, to just have somebody, a, a young person see stuff and go, well, maybe that, maybe I could do something like that someday. Maybe I don't have to live in the, this, you know, pre-constructed world that I don't really fit into, you know. For Steve and Amy, this is a lifelong project. Steve says that they don't plan on ever selling the house anytime soon. In fact, he hopes it's the house he lives in for the rest of his life, working on it, improving it, making creative decisions one day at a time. I just love to work. I love doing this, you know. I had, a, I had an art teacher a long time ago um, ask the class, hey, if nobody ever saw you never saw what you produced, would you still work? And I mean, I love to have people see my stuff, but I would do it anyway. It just, I just love doing it and seeing it when I finish something myself where it's like, wow, that feels really good to me. That makes me smile. And that's, you know, that's real cool. I like that. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was produced by Baudelaire Seuss. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore. Our technical director is Casey Holford. And this episode was sound designed by Baudelaire Seuss and mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There is a link in the episode description. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Dakota Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Dakota Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Dakota Ring, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one.
At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex of bugs. (laughs) Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radiolab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know wherever you get your podcasts.